All right, welcome to Look at My Records. I'm here with Danny of Primitive Heart. How are you today? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. Big 2019 for you. You released your debut solo album, No Fear in Love, and a whole bunch of remixes as well. The album came out in October 2019. Most recently, you released a remix of Escape in December 2019, which includes several great remixes. Tell me about how this project started. You identify it as a solo project, Primitive Heart. You're also a classically trained pianist, Mm -hmm. right? So tell me about how you came into creating this type of synth and beat-driven music that defines Primitive Heart sound. Um... I guess my journey as a songwriter started in Philadelphia. I cut my teeth as a songwriter there in the folk scene. Um, And I always gravitated more towards electronic music. I'm a huge fan of Radiohead uh, and bands like that. And um, I really wanted to kind of grow as an artist and uh, explore more of the electronic side of, of what I love and everything. Um, so I moved to New York and through that, um, started to learn how to produce music myself and also work with other people on that. Um, I was fortunate when I first moved here, I met Julie Catherine, who's I Am Snow Angel, and we started Female Frequency, um, which started as an album where we made, uh, we made it entirely by women and now we host workshops about music production. Um, and from working with her, she really inspired me to have the confidence to start really exploring electronic music on my own. And um, we, we, uh, she produced a couple things with me. And then uh, later on, I met Rosanna Caban, who was in Psychic Twin at the time. Um, and she has been helping me like really define my sound. Um, she really helped me to bring in the beats, and then we worked together to create the the synth sounds of everything. What what kind of sparked that fire? When you think of folk singer songwriter stuff, it really is more bare bones, kind of stripped down music, whereas the electronic synth driven. Uh, music of primitive heart is definitely lush and really vibrant and thick big sounding music what was that transition like for you was it gradual or was it kind of quick um i guess it was it was gradual um initially started in philadelphia i met todd mendelson and um we were in a project called Lockets and that's where I kind of really started to um, get exposed more, at least in a live setting and production setting of uh, dream pop music. It was all like synth bass and things like that. And, um, you know, at first when I was classically trained on piano and I was kind of taught, okay, here are the notes. Here's what you have to play all the sheet music and everything like that. And I was kind of, um, in a way, like it paralyzed me to just play a synth or piano because I, I kind of became dependent on the sheet music, or I never thought what I was playing was um, was good enough in a way because it needed to be like you know so articulate and perfect to what it was in classical music. 
And once I started really just kind of like playing a synth with one hand and just kind of like using it more as a bass and things like that and learning more about, um, you know, how all the different knobs and, and frequencies and different things that you can mess with with that and kind of, I guess, step away from that, it, it, um, it helped me to have more freedom to kind of explore that. Yeah. How do you escape that mindset? Because I've heard that mentioned from a lot of musicians that are classically trained in an instrument, maybe go to school for it and learn how to do things a certain way that maybe is not completely congruent with writing, creating music that general people will consume, kind of like good pop music. How do you recycle those two things or like meet them together? Um... I was also classically trained on voice um, throughout, um, you know, high school and college. And when I was playing in Philadelphia, I was mostly, you know, at first playing a lot of different open mics, going out every night, um, meeting different people. And it really took me a few years to find my voice and to not sing properly. I had to break it. I had to kind of break (laughs) my mind to be like, stop, like thinking about every vowel, like every pronunciation, every everything, because you can't be up there singing like that for pop music for the most part and, and um, things like that. So I just really, it took it took a couple of years to really just kind of keep doing it and find my voice with that. And then um, with guitar, I think, so I, I um, learned a little bit of guitar in college and then I, I pretty much taught myself before I started playing in the Philadelphia music scene. So I had less pressure on myself. I was just kind of playing like basic chords, like things like that to support the songwriting and things like that. So I had less pressure on myself with guitar and I I, I kind of had, had more freedom to just kind of like let things flow um, and fell into the folk scene in Philadelphia, kind of developing that. And then um, I finally just like started chipping away more on the piano side and just like, okay, like I'm just going to, play some bass notes to like some music I really like and kind of just like you know get, I, I kind of treat my synth playing more as like creating more of that um the bass and like the deep end of the songs and things like that um rather than worrying about being up there like playing all sorts of crazy chords and things like that cool and no fear and love I love the new record it's really really well done great songs co-produced by Rosanna Caban of Psychic Twin and she also helped with the songwriting too or what was that process like? Um, so typically when I would go into recording studio prior to this I would um, have the so- all the songs like completely written and then go in and, and just make a recorded version of it. Um, this time I only had a couple songs that were fully written um, the other ones I just had a hook in my head or something like that so um, we'd go in and um, I play a couple reference tracks just to kind of show the the vibe of the genre or like the feel of the the song that I was going for, um, and then we'd start um, creating beats. Um, so we go th- through different sounds to find out what sounds we liked. Um, same thing with the synths; we go through different um, synths for that too. Um, and then um, after we kind of had that structure of the the synths and the bass, then I would go in and um, sometimes I'd have it throughout that process. I'd start writing the lyrics there and um, have it ready to go. And sometimes I'd just be in the vocal booth and like quickly write down some lyrical ideas and kind of 
put it together there and then sing sing along to it. And the lyrics are pretty deeply personal lyrics on this record. Did you write the lyrics before for the most part? And what was it like writing generally about such a personal uh, topic? I know it was about mostly about a breakup. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely um, the rawest album that I've put out. And my, my lyrics and my songs tend to be pretty personal. This one definitely was a, a little bit more um, more raw. So I, I had some of the songs like Baby. I had, um, I had an ac- acoustic version of that written before I came in the studio. Um, but we actually had... Um, we had all the songs finished for an, an EP. And then... Um, I went home and I wrote two more songs and just put it on my Instagram story. And Rosanna was like, you're coming back in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. Um, So then after that, I was like, at that point, it would have been seven songs. And I was like, well, eight's considered an album, so let's just write another one to make it an album. Um, So that's kind of what happened. And that's why the two songs on the end of the album um, for Dry and um, Ghosts, the, the... there were also acoustic versions on there because those are the two songs that I wrote and then she had me come back in the studio to do. And that, that's really cool. And I thought the fact that the two last ones had acoustic versions was really interesting choice to put at the end of the record, given your folk background. Why'd you decide to pick those two songs? Because you did say you wrote Baby acoustically first. Um, I guess... Um kind of like from Rosanna's recommendation she's like I really love the version of this song and you know maybe if like I had gone in with an acoustic guitar with some of the other songs we kind of would have like thrown more in there yeah. on that um, but she she really fell in love with the acoustic versions of that too so I was like hey let's put it on cool and there's a lot of remixes from songs on this record I'm curious what's the process like for finding a partner to remix one of your songs do you do remixing for any of the artists that remix some of your songs as well what's that process like seeking someone out finding someone and then is it also reciprocal um i've done a few remixes myself um for this album um some of the remixes i reached out to people um i put a post up on facebook and um instagram and I was actually like really honored and um, overwhelmed by the response I had um, when I asked for remixes. I ended up sending my stems out to over 60 people. And like, um, I was just really like humbled by how many remixes I got and how awesome they all were. Um, so I just, you know, kind of organized it that way. Um, I did reach out to um, Sun Glitters, um, who did a remix in the past for Lockets. Um, I've been a big fan of his production for a while, and um, it's really honored to have him uh, be a part of that. And um, Memory House actually reached out to me, and I was like extremely honored on that end too. I'm a huge fan of Memory House. I like probably still listen to. Um, the years like almost every week it's actually my alarm in the morning too so i'm like a huge fan so having them remix one of uh, my tracks was like a a dream come true they're really awesome and i really love the story behind how this came about they're from outside toronto guelph 
and I was a big fan of their The Years EP, the redone version, and then the one record that they put out on Sub Pop as well, the slideshow mm-hmm. effect. How did you guys come together to uh, work for them, Evan from Memory House, to work on this remix? Um, we, so I actually um, came across their music. A friend of mine put um, their album on my iPad, and I was in um, Balboa Park in San Diego, just kind of roaming around. And um, their version, or their there's version of Lately um, with the samples from Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind came on and I was blown away. I was like, what is this band? I need to know everything about them. Like, they're amazing. Um, fell in love with them. Like, saw them live a bunch of times. Just really loved their songwriting style and performance style and just um, their whole production is great. And um, they're really sweet people, too. And, um, and then um, I put a post on I had reached out to him because my iPad was stolen and I wanted to buy the record um, and I couldn't find it online anywhere at the time. So I reached out to him to see if I could buy it directly from him um, and he sent it to me. And then um, and then uh, when I put the Facebook post up, he ended up reaching out saying, I'll do a remix. And I was like, like, like I said, I completely honored and I'm like, what? Yeah, this is awesome. Be awesome. <laughs> Very cool story. And No Fear and Love, it's out on vinyl as well, vinyl CD. It's a UK record label that you worked with for the vinyl version of No Fear and Love, right? Yeah, so I worked with um, Shore Dive Records out in Brighton and um, also Grind Ethos, which I help uh, run that label with my friend Megan Wright. Oh, cool. So how'd that come about? I didn't know that you ran your own label. Um, Megan reached out to me. She started her label, I guess, two or three years ago now. Um, and she reached out to me to help to develop it um, and uh, bring new artists in. Um, they also have a relationship with Symphonic Distribution. Um, yeah. So uh, we worked together for the digital distribution for my record um, and some additional support on that. And um, and I've been working with other artists to, to bring them in on that end too. It's cool. And everyone, you can get the vinyl via primitiveheart.bandcamp.com, right? Yep. Anywhere else that people can get their hands on your tunes? Um, it's on like iTunes and Spotify, all, Spotify everything, all, the, all the good ones. Stuff. Yeah. And you're involved with a lot of other projects in addition to Primitive Heart with your music. We were talking before uh, we got on the mic about Female Frequency, which is really great um project that you're involved with tell us a little bit about that and what you have planned for female frequency going forward um so it started when i first moved to new york i wanted to um work with a female producer on my record and i met up with julie Catherine. and um when we got together we said let's just make the whole album made entirely by women and we reached out to claire london who was um, based in New York at the time, and now she's out in L.A. And uh, we got together to make the record. Um, it's a it's an EP um, where um, Claire and I each have our own song that we um, had Julie produce an engineer, and then Julie did one of her own. Uh, she goes by I Am Snow Angel. Um, and then we did one original track together as a co-write, and then we did a remix of Dolly Parton's Nine to Five. Cool, that one. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. 
And you're also a visual artist, right? Mm-hmm. And do you take part in making your own music videos and stuff like that? I know there's a great music video for Dry that I watched. Um, how involved are you with making your own music videos and visual aspects of your music type of thing? Um, so I created all the videos with the exception of No Fear and Love, which was directed by Ankita Mishra, uh, Rosanna Caban, and Angela Tornello. Basically what I do, my process for making the videos, um, I'll take footage when I travel and then I will manipulate it through different apps I have in my phone and then drag it into Final Cut and cool. make it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And when you're doing that, do you have a particular song in mind typically or are they completely separate and then afterwards you revisit maybe footage that you took and think, oh, this would go good with this song or what's um, the overlap like? I typically don't uh, take the footage with the... I guess, like, I, I'll know that I have a a single coming out yeah. and then I'll kind of, like, know, like, okay, this footage is probably going to be used for that. But I just take a bunch of random footage when I travel and see kind of, like, you know, in a way, like, throwing spaghetti against the wall see, like, okay, does this, like, fit with, with this song or, or I'll pull from the archives of, like, other trips I have. Oh, cool. Like that. That's awesome. Yeah, the last one was from um, the video for Escape I made um, using footage from um, Brighton when I was there. And then also when I was in London, there was a lot of really cool graffiti. So I just filmed it like while I was walking and, and put that in there. And before we play some songs from No Fear and Love, tell me, what do you have planned for 2020 for Primitive Heart? What's on deck? Um, I'm actually going to be in the studio later today with Rosanna to um, work on an EP. I'll be releasing an EP. Um, first, in on January 10th, I will be releasing a remix, um, a remix album of, of No Fear and Love. Um, and then I'll be out in L.A. with um, some label mates from Short Eye Records, um, Purple Dynamine. Uh, Millican Chamber and Silent M are also playing. I'm playing at Part-Time Punks in L.A. Cool. Um, and then uh, my EP will come out. Probably I'll start putting it out um, closer to the spring. Um, yeah, so very exciting. Any tour dates surrounding that, or um, I will have a tour set up around that time. Um, the other place I'm playing, I'm playing with my buddy um, Craig, um, who's uh, Omega Vague, and we've collaborated on um, a My Bloody Valentine cover and a Slow Dive cover, a couple other things. Really cool. And. Um, we actually have an EP that we're working on as well, so I'm going to um, go out to Massachusetts for that and play at the Root Cellar. Very exciting. All right, let's play some songs. I was thinking we could play Baby, Ghost, and definitely the Memory House remix of Dying to Live, which I also really like. So we're going to hear those tunes, and we'll be back. Sometimes we change. Sometimes we stay the same You compromise Ooh. 
You're listening to Look at My Records on Radio Free Brooklyn, community radio broadcast from the Bushwick section of Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you, so if you'd like to support our mission, you can make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. No donation is too big or too small. And again, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so your contribution is tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that is RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter, 
RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Finally, after more than a year of dreaming, researching, experimenting, late night conference calls, and early Saturday morning meetings, the Me team is happy and proud to present to you the Me Bottle. This double insulated reusable stainless steel bottle disinfects water in a 60 second cycle utilizing UVC LED technology and is 99.9% effective against E. coli. A single charge via micro USB lasts up to 30 days and the bright LED display lets you know when water is ready to drink. Join us in bringing clean water to all. Raise your bottle and drink to you and me. Find out more at mebottle.com. And now back to look at my records. We heard a bunch of songs from No Fear and Love, including the great Memory House remix of Dying to Live. Now we're moving to the second part of the show where Danny picked some records from our record collection and we're going to play them, starting with A great record released, I think it was last year or earlier this year, from La 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 La. Really good one, released on Hardly Art. Why'd you pick Um, this one? I came across them and I was just, I really love the song Destroyer. Um, The line where, um, oh, you are the reason my heart broke behind my back. Is like the greatest line. I love that. That's a deep line for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that line. And um, I guess when I came across that, I was still like kind of dealing with the remnants of, of a breakup and like lots of transition. And um, and it's that, yeah, you are the reason my heart broke behind my back. It's just like it really, it really sticks with that with like, um, you know, any sort of a, a loss you have in your life, I feel like with that. Yeah, I like the laid back way that she sings. That's I put Chastity Belt in there too because I like that too. It's like complicated music, but like in a very chill way. You know, it's more complicated than like it comes across. I feel. Yeah, totally. And I thought it was interesting because this is something that definitely doesn't sound like the music you create. How does music like this inspire? Maybe what you wind up creating with your own music? Um, I guess it's just the the feeling of the lyrics and like the rawness that they have and like another band that really like Chastity Belt um, kind of does inspire me to I guess be a little bolder sometimes with, with uh, the lyrics I pick. Yeah, the lyrics are definitely in your songs like we had mentioned earlier, definitely very powerful. It doesn't seem like it's an afterthought, really. A lot of times, musicians, artists, sometimes they'll kind of scramble together to come up with lyrics. What's what do they? What does the lyrical part of your music mean to you, and how important is it? Um, the lyrics are, are definitely uh, pretty important to me. Um, I kind of like to take a, um, sometimes I'll hear a phrase and kind of really want to develop a song from that um, and uh, kind of bounce off that idea. I also like 
using words that can have multiple meanings. Um, there's a song I wrote in the past that like had the word fall in it, for example, and like it like meant falling, but also like that season and things like that. So it's kind of just just taking that. that and after this, another great uh, band that puts out their records on Hardly Art, the Seattle subsidiary of Sub Pop. And you picked On the Floor from Chastity Belt's 2015 album, Time to Go Home. I love this band, and I'm so consistently impressed by their releases. They just continue to outdo themselves, really. And this was one that really hit me hard as well, the rawness of the songs on this record in particular. On the Floor, Cool Slut as well is a really good song yeah. on that record. Tell me, why'd you pick this record? Uh, I first saw Chastity Belt. I went to go see Courtney Barnett and they opened for her and I was like, what? This band's amazing. And I followed, um, you know, all their records. Um, and then they had that one, uh, what was that project that they had? Um a childbirth childbirth that was cool too and then the solo record was great um so i've i followed all the things that they've been involved in and i I just recently saw them live again at um elsewhere and i just i really like um the their performance style just is like it's very chill um and their guitar like the, the guitar playing and the drumming and the bass like everything they're doing it just seems so effortless but like there's a lot going on so that's like what i was saying too of like these songs like kind of coming across like very laid back but like also like there's a lot of complicated things happening in the background and i love the the vocal inflections and like style and like just the whole vibe of the lyrics too yeah um they they put out a new record this year and you were mentioning julia shapiro put out a solo record Mm -hmm. as well they're both great. It's a band that continues to do great things. And I'm looking forward to hearing and seeing more from them in years to come. So great selection. Next, Cocktoo Twins, Primitive Heart. Is that where you got your name from, this yep. song? Yeah. Very cool. This the Cocktoo Twins, probably number one on my list of bands I wish would reunite. Uh, Liz Frazier's voice is just the most incredible voice and their ability to create really beautiful soundscapes in their music is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I love her vocal style and inflections. And so I I used to listen to Billie Holiday a lot as a kid and, um, you know, I try to sing along with her and I feel like, the vocal inflections and the the way that she sings and like the notes that she chooses to kind of bounce around with it's really hard almost impossible to really memorize like the exact melody of what she does um and i feel like um elizabeth frazier has a similar vibe and like how she kind of picks what ranges to kind of bounce back and forth with um yeah and how'd you decide to make primitive heart your solo moniker um i've always been a band of the or band i've always been a fan of theirs um and i was looking for different names and different um you know inspirations for it and i came across that 
song and um i i really liked the the lyrics in it i really kind of like took some time to really read through that and then um i i like the name primitive heart and it wasn't taken so i took it <laughs> perfect perfect all right so let's play these songs and then we'll come back and wrap up we're hearing destroyer by la 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 on the floor by chastity belt and primitive heart by cocktail twins selected by primitive heart Yeah. 
we're back. We heard La 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 La, Sharon Van Etten, Chastity Belt, and Cocktoo Twins. You're just telling me you met a member of the band in a bathroom in Austin? Oh, yeah. I, I had a cocktail. Um, I have a, um, the um, cover of Lullabies on a shirt with their logo on it. And um, there's a woman in the bathroom, and she was like, oh, my husband plays bass in that band. And I was like, we run a label together. I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what to say. So I actually told her that I had a project that was a nod to them, um, you know, called Primitive Heart. Um, Yeah, so it was cool. That is cool. Very awesome moment. All right. We're coming towards, well, we're coming to the end of the show. Also towards... I want to thank you for being here, Danny. It was great chatting with you, everyone. Again, you can get the record. It's amazing. Primitiveheart.bandcamp.com via blue and red vinyl, Mm -hmm. right? Which is awesome. Great to have multiple colors. It's called No Fear and Love. Also available on compact disc as well. You can stream it on all streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music, whichever one is your preferred choice. So, 2020, you've got plans, you're working on new music as well. What about some of the other projects you're involved in? I really think Female Frequency is awesome. Also, Brooke, LA, Delphia which is a, I guess, collaboration between uh, musicians within all three cities, right? You put out a Radiohead tribute and did a Fleetwood Mac cover show and things like that. And Cruel Beauty Productions, what's on deck for you in 2020 with your various different endeavors you sound like you're very busy yeah um well for female frequency we're going to be hosting a bunch of workshops next year about music production um we have uh one that um we'll have in la in january around the time of nam uh kind of be doing different things with that um for uh, Brooklydelphia, I kind of took a break from it this year, but basically uh, it started out just kind of um, celebrating album anniversaries. Um, and we have, you know, like if there's 12 songs in the album, we have 12 bands play, one original and one um, song from the album. So it's kind of a way to bring people together from different cities too. I'll bring Philadelphia artists to Brooklyn and vice versa and then do that in L.A. too. Um so I will probably put together some tribute shows next year, celebrating some anniversaries. Definitely keeping the loop on that. Um, Cruel Beauty Productions is a horror-themed project I have with Johnny Butler, who um, is a composer, producer, and saxophonist. And um, we made two EPs, um, or their trilogies. The first trilogy was inspired by Dario Argento's movies about um, witches, so Suspiria, Inferno, Mother of Tears. And basically we write the music first, and then we make short films after. Um, the second one was based around Wes Craven, and we have another trilogy coming out um, probably towards the end of next year. Very exciting. A lot going on in your world, and we can't wait to see and hear all of it. And so Primitive Heart, there is a a couple of remixes coming out in 
2020, early 2020? Yeah, um, a lot of the remixes have been released this year as singles, and um, I have the whole collection of them coming out on January 10th on Shore Dive Records and Grind Ethos. Um, and then I'll also have some remixes that haven't been released yet on there. Cool. Well, let's finish the show with one more remix. Let's play a great remix of Drive by the Misophonic Ensemble. Silence is- 